Is there such thing as healthy masturbation? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery. Is there such thing as healthy masturbation? Well, why do you ask, Tyler? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's a, a great question. Uh, and, and one that I think will bring up a lot of different feelings for a lot of people as we discuss this. So um, maybe this, this episode will trigger a lot of things and uh, get people thinking. So, um, but before we get into it, um, it's really exciting. Here we are on our new show, Tyler. Right. I mean, it's basically the same show, but it's a new show. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I, I think it's different. It's, uh, it's more specific. And you, well, what we're going to do is just every week bring you uh, real examples of recovery, real examples of the struggle of recovery, and bring on guests every single week where we break down different topics, whatever the topic may be. So um, you can expect guests to be here. You're going to hear from all kinds of people from different walks of life who are in different stages of recovery. And Tyler and I will just give our two cents and our, our reflection back as to what we think about the process of recovery and, and where they're at. So I think it's pretty cool, Tyler. I do too. We've, we've been doing this for uh, just over a year now together and realized that some of our best episodes really are um, the episodes where we have real people bringing their real stuff on and, and making a difference for people. So if you're listening, you're potentially one of our next callers and you can make a difference. Yeah. So like Corey and Holly, who have come here with us today and have been so courageous to be here and talk about some of their experiences and ask some awesome questions. So um, I'll hand it over to you guys if you want to introduce yourselves a little bit and then ask ask away, ask any question. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'll start. Holly's looking at me. Um, <laughs> I'm Corey McGill. Um, I'm a recovering sexaholic. I've been working recovery since I think roughly 2015 or 2016. And uh, I started off in the addiction recovery program for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are members of that faith. And um, shortly after graduating from college and getting into the workforce, uh, we started attending the SAL program. We've been working with our therapist, Jed Anderson, or Dr. Jed Anderson. Sorry, Jed. Um, and is, he, is he a doctor? I, no. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just always, I have no idea. And so I just call people doctor. Uh, well, Jed's the man, so. Is, he is. Yeah. Shout out to him for sure. Um, but yeah, like throughout my throughout my recovery, I've really been striving to peel back layers of the onion, so to speak. And it's brought me to this question, you know, is there such a thing as healthy masturbation? Um, because I I'm starting to see more and more that it's 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 definitely a part of human sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like there's no denying that. And so now as a father to young kids, we have three of them now. 
you know, I want to be able to give them solid answers as they get older. Um, but that's basically me, recovering sexaholic, gratefully in recovery. Um, if anyone ever wants to get to know me more personally, you can currently find me in the Tuesday night SAL meetings. Um, I think I attend the 6 a.m. or 6, 6 p.m. Mountain Time ones. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah. Holly, do you want to talk about kind of your angle on that question as well? Yeah. So, um, so like Corey said, um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I was taught a lot of really interesting things about sexuality from the church. Um, and not all of them, I would say were doctrinal, but, um, some of the, one of them was that masturbation was a sin. And so I just never did it. Um, I think that that's a bit more common for women to like have no experience with that. Um, and, uh, I was just told that I would figure, I would figure out sexuality once I got married essentially. And, uh, surprise, surprise, um, that didn't, that didn't exactly work out that way for me. I think that there was, there was a lot of negative sexual conditioning. Sex wasn't talked about in the home when it was, I got yelled at that kind of a thing. Um, and so there was a point in our journey where I did try to, like, I read a book um, called Cliterate, and one of the things they talked about was masturbating. And mm -hmm. I tried to, but couldn't do it because I just kept thinking this is wrong. Like, I've the been shame. taught my whole life. Yeah. And how is this any different than what my husband is doing and, and whatnot? Um, and so um, after, you know, a couple years in the recovery and listening to some of Dr. Finlayson Fife's content, I've kind of, I have a little bit of a different, more nuanced view of it, but I still don't understand like what healthy, like where the boundary kind of is or could be potentially. I don't know. Maybe that's still, maybe that's still black and white thinking, but, um, but yeah, where does it, how does it factor into like healthy sexuality? Awesome. Ex excellent question. Tyler, do you want to take a stab at, at it first? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is going to probably be, there's, this is, this is such a layered question that where there's not, I don't think a real quick answer to this. So you just, you just identified a few things, a few of the layers, right? The first one is, is your upbringing and the way that you were taught certain things. Uh, the second thing is, is basically the, the journey that you guys have been on yourselves in the process of recovery. And, you know, I imagine Corey, that part of your work and your process has been, you know, on that idea of, and I don't know where you stand on it, the issue yourself, but I, I imagine that most men that you're working with would say that they don't want to be masturbating because they associate that with continued acting out. Right. Yes. Very um, much. <clears throat> right. And so, so the question is, and I think you kind of submitted this in the, in the written question that you put in is, is also, there's a few factors that I think you've got to look at to have discussions around when you get to the topic of masturbation. One of them is shame. Obviously shame is a big component of this discussion. Lust is also another component of this discussion and understanding the interplay of, of lust and masturbation. And I think that's where you can start to then narrow down that pendulum you were talking about somewhere down into the middle. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But, but yeah. uh, Tyler, I want to say, and, and Holly and Corey, what you're talking about, um, if you're raised in a highly religious um, environment, there's no such thing as a pendulum. It's black and white. Yeah. Mas masturbation, we were taught, is a sin. Is that, am I correct? 
Well, and not only that, but I feel like not just limited to sexuality, um, but there have been many church leaders that have talked about moral relativism. And that's kind of where it kind of gets me concerned of like, is this moral relativism creeping in? You know, is uh -huh. this have the gospel my way, like Burger King, you know? <laughs> Cafeteria style. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, Okay. So uh, yeah. Are you justifying, are you justifying it because you know, the, you're trying to get your way around a commandment or, but, but the, the rigid thinking is that masturbation is a sin and you should not do that. That's the way, that's what we have been taught. Is that, am I, I'm correct on that, right? For all of us. I don't think that there was any, um, any latitude for situations in which it would have been considered okay or appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, so then, then how do we get back to a pendulum, right? If, if on, uh, our religious beliefs are so strict and rigid that way, then how do we reconcile? Yeah. Have I, have I stumped you guys? No, Brandon, I, I got a, I thought on that. Um, so what you're saying is, is, and I actually, Brandon, I think you and I probably actually have some differences on this topic. So it'll be an interesting discussion. Um, yeah. I let's, let's take your question and let's, let's look at the word sin first. Like when, when we hear the word sin, most of us who are raised in pretty rigid religious homes associate the word sin with bad, unworthy, terrible, no good. Um, instead of just letting sin be what sin is, which is basically something that I do that would withdraw me from certain connections. Um, that's so, so, so there's shame. There's already shame kind of written in religiously to the word sin, mm. you know? Um, and this is, I think this is just like a Christian principle where, you know, doesn't matter which denomination you're looking at adam and eve partook of the fruit and they sinned right which made them like unworthy or bad or whatever right instead of just saying no there was consequence for the sin which led to their basically being cast out and traveling a different road by whereby which they could learn about god um so so i think it's it's that shame that's put put into it brandon that's that's as big of an issue as well, okay, so that, so what is the sin? Is the sin the the stimulating yourself and uh, having an orgasm and exploring your own sexuality, or or is the sin the, the like it's kind of like what you were talking about, Holly, which is I tried to masturbate but I couldn't because then all of my thoughts and all of my feelings and all of my guilt, it's like Adam and Eve. Is the sin eating of the fruit, or is it Satan coming afterwards and saying hide? And then they hide and they, they disconnect themselves from God. Um, so is the masturbation the sin or is it the shame around your sexuality that's the sin? That's a really interesting point. And just to kind of, I don't know, you make me think about this train of thought. So a scenario of me in my past, let's take high school me and I'm sitting in class or I'm walking home or doing something and I see something that makes me have this reaction, right? This psychological drive for arousal, this, this desire to act out, you know, to masturbate and to even objectify and fantasize about whatever I saw that was so in, in, intri intriguing for me. Um, 
you know, and, and so I go home and immediately I'm having all this mixture of emotions and thoughts. I'm thinking, oh man, so attractive or whatever it is, is racing through my mind. I've got chemicals, I've got hormones that are pumping through my veins and I've got physical reactions going on as a man. Um, but I've also got all these things that have been drilled into me as a youth and now as a teenager thinking, well, this is bad. If I do this, I'm gonna be a bad person. And that shame that you bring up is actually like, that's such a powerful concept because I think in hindsight, I have so much more compassion for teenager Corey because adult Corey realizes and recognizes that I am who I am. And I guess the reason I bring that up is when I forget who I am, and I sit there and I start thinking, oh man, like I'm this horrible scumbag, I'm this dirty pervert, all these other emotions that shame me. It's compounding that desire to act out, not so much yes. I'm experiencing a psychological urge of, ooh, I'm aroused and kind of like scratching at a scab or at an itch, right? Um, but now I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, I hate these emotions I'm feeling. I just wish I could get away from them somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because throughout my addiction, I developed a huge self-medication wash, rinse, repeat protocol where I would go in and I'd be feeling like a dirt bag and I'd be feeling so horrible for the way that I felt and I would start white knuckling or I would do whatever I could to avoid the behavior, right? The eating the apple or eating the fruit or whatever it is that made me feel that relief, but I labeled it as being inappropriate and bad and wrong. And those emotions of wanting to get away from it, it turned into that coping mechanism. And so I would find myself breaking, sneaking down into the basement, getting onto the computer, staring at pornography, masturbating and, and, and Corey, all the while that you're kind of breaking that and doing that risky behavior you're getting physical chemicals released you're getting adrenaline exactly you're getting all kinds of dopamine because of the the sinning part of it because so it's like oh this is so all all this this stuff is firing off yeah and it's making it much more powerful and much more likely for you to act out if i'm honest with myself too it was very exciting to be sinning as well. Yeah. The the yes. Um, away with it kind of. Idea. Yeah, exactly. The can yeah. I get away with this? Is anyone going to walk around the corner? Is anyone going to see me? You know, who's going to find out? All that. It's, that's very honest. Yeah, and it's it's true for for most people stuck in that that cycle that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But then I'm in recovery now, and you know we have a definition of sobriety, which is no sex with self no sex with others except for my marital partner, right? And it's interesting because, I don't know, you guys bringing up this idea of shame and how it kind of compounds with lust. I mean, that 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 is the reason behind this big question for me is, is there such a thing as healthy masturbation? I My, my personal belief is that yes, there is, um, but um, what I'm starting to see is that like the lust behind the drive is perhaps not the sole culprit for it being quote unquote wrong, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so that what is, what's another culprit? I think that shame um, and fear, doubt, wanting a, a desire to escape those emotions 
um, and wanting to use my body as a medical escape, you mm -hmm. know, or a medicating escape. Um, I think that that is definitely some part of it. Mm -hmm. So Tyler thoughts. Yeah, no, I, so, so this is, uh, everyone's going to have their own thought there. Like, you know, what I, what I challenge people to think about instead of either good or bad or right or wrong, change the, change the, the word to, is this effective, you know? Yeah. And based off of what we know, and the truth is, is that there is in, in the Christian faith, there is a law of chastity, which is, is that we only have sex with our partners to whom we're married to. And we, we're asked by God to do that. And, um, but I think where we go wrong is, is that we think we're bad or good or bad or right or wrong, instead of just saying, well, why would that be a commandment? Like, what is, what is the reason for that? And why would I want to pursue living that way? Because if I'm doing it just because I'm compelled to, then that's, you're, you're a Pharisee or a Sadducee, there's no reason to do it. But if I understood my reasons why, so here's where I stand on it for myself is that I, I don't believe that masturbation is healthy for me. Like, I, I don't masturbate. I don't see a reason to, I, I don't want to be attached to having to cope that way with my life. I don't want to feel like I'm attaching myself to myself when I believe those powers are to be used within the balance of my marriage. Um, now that's not for me to dictate to everybody else what they want to believe, but that just happens to be what I think is effective for me. Um, especially in the context of understanding that I'm in my own process of recovery, where I am trying to live a, a process of continued, um, victory over lust. Right. And, and, I think if you were to be honest with yourself, most of us, when we go to masturbate, it's not like we just go and phys physiologically have an experience whereby you get an erection and then you have an ejaculation. There's also some type of a mental process that's going on there. Yeah. And, and we should be, we should be looking at that inside of ourselves and saying, is this effective? Is this going to help me towards my greater goals as to who I want to become and what kind of help I want? And is it going to help me in the context of my relationships? Or is this going to draw me further away from the things that are important to me? But, um, uh, but is, but Tyler, is there space for that? Like, is there actual space for maybe this is effective is, well, you know, it's kind of what Holly, Holly was talking about. Of, right. Right. Well, and I think that that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I think that that's gotta be a question that each individual has to ask for themselves and come to their own answers for, instead of just some big blanket statement that you're a sinner and you're terrible. Like, let's be honest, like, Every one of us as kids, except for it sounds like Holly, probably experimented with masturbation. I think right? it's a lot of experiences that led up to that. It's not because I was perfect. I think there was a lot of shaming sure. my, around being naked and rigidity and sure. yeah, all know. that stuff. And that wasn't healthy per se, because of what it did is it fueled all of that rigid shame that we're talking about, all the belief that I'm bad or whatever. But, you know, all of us probably experiment with that. I'm not, I'm not so foolish as to think that I, with as a father of four daughters, don't have my daughters also in the process of growing and maturing, being curious about this and probably experimenting with it. And if I'm going to go to them and say, you're bad, nope, that's terrible. You're a sinner. Like that's, that's not going to be very effective. But if I can step in with a conversation with my daughters and say, Hey, wow, like, tell me what you're getting out of this and tell me how this helps you. And let's, let's talk about Let's talk about why there might be some commandments around this beautiful power that you have, you know, um, that's, that's going to be, a, that's going to be a less judgmental but, way but, to have that if, conversation. If, 
But Tyler, if there's if there's black and white, like like the white book's definition of sobriety, I I, mm-hmm. I know where Corey's getting it from. I know what it is, mm-hmm. and and I know that. And, and it's interesting. Like, what what is the line of masturbation? Is it ejaculation? Is it you know? <laughs> I've heard I've heard the term "hafter baiting" many times. Like, oh yeah, I oh, yep. in the shower. Should I tell my wife? Should I not tell my wife? Should I? I have shame about it. Should I call my sponsor because I hafter baited? Like. What, what is this? Like, yeah. um, you know, I, I know the white book's definition. I know the church's stance on masturbation. And there's very little, yes, you can say, you, you can say like, yeah, like I want my daughters to explore and this and that. But if your tone is in the end, no, you better not. That is a sin. Then there isn't space for any bit of you know, it's really Finlayson Five talks about it, and and she's she's a kind of a polarizing figure because she's a member of the church, yet she talks openly about healthy sexuality and exploration. Um, how do those fit together, right? Where do those fit together? And that's what Valerie and I were talking about on that episode as well. Um, uh, it's a great question, right? How do you reconcile? And Holly, you're saying you kind of have more of a nuanced view, and if you could speak to that a little bit, what is your nuanced view now? So um, I guess for some context, like I have some friends and family members who are women who are members of the church who did masturbate before marriage, and they seem to integrate so much better into their sex. No, really? Right? Oh, my gosh. I was really upset. I, I, they're, they're not in hell right now? Yeah. <laughs> And so I guess my my view is that like I think that it can play a role and I guess like the question is is like is that helping premaritally I think that's a little bit uh, a little bit harder to define for me but like in within marriage I guess it just depends like is that being used to help like help learn and understand so you can share or is that being used to like I I'm 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 an anger relapse like a revenge relapse excellent you know, point. Yes. The, the, I don't know. There was a podcast you listened to that talked about all the different kinds of relapses, like the different motivations. Yeah. So I guess like maybe perhaps like the intent of your heart, but also I feel like that's one of those things where is that getting into slipping into moral relativism? Is that kind of going into, well, so long as I feel like it's within my integrity, I can do whatever I want. You know, that's where it's unclear to me. But it comes, it comes down to real rigorous honesty with yourself because God looketh it on your heart. Um, so if your intent of your heart is to be more self-realized and understand yourself more as a sexual being so that you can be more connected to your partner and like, is this a sin? Or if my intention or motivation is to numb out, is to, is to act out so my partner will get hurt, is to, you know, is to just go use somebody and somebody's body or image just for my own selfish pleasure, like, that's a total we're talking about two very different things right and i think it's interesting too because i i think a lot about this conversation we're having um because holly and i you know we both as teenagers faced that fork in the road where i took the path of i'm gonna act out i'm gonna be promiscuous i'm gonna sneak and lie and do this and my wife took the path of, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, you know, and I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth, but I think that maybe she can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to repress this aspect of myself. 
or at least suppress it in a, in a way that is that is going to help me to avoid it and put it off till later. Um, it's so interesting. So kind of like the two extremes, Corey. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting because I I mean, Holly and I, we've both come out and talked about this publicly, so I have no problem sharing it on the podcast. Seven years. That's how long we've been married. And we had the opportunity for both of us to experience sexual pleasure for the first time, like what within the last six months. Hmm. And that's been after a tremendous amount of emotional therapy of we did this thing called internal family systems where Holly was able it's to kind of like go EMDR. back. I and, love it. I love IFS. It's great. Yeah, and being able to go back and address past uh, situations and things and being able to experience the healing. We, um, we read a book and they were not ashamed. Fantastic book. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I learned for the first time, like, well, what do you mean? It's, it's not all about intercourse. <laughs> I had this like, my actual education, Tyler Brennan was pornography. I grew yeah. up where we didn't talk about sex. We said, we'll have the talk later. They kicked it down the road. I mean, I, I wasn't shown and I'm not trying to throw my parents under the bus. I love my parents and they have their own personal things that they're struggling with. But I was not shown a intimate, loving relationship very often, hardly ever, you know, between my parents. And so, well, and that's the fascinating thing actually is that like while his parents have had a really, I'll just say a difficult sexual relationship and leave it there. My parents apparently have a really good one, but there was such a rigidity around privacy. Like I didn't know the names of my genitalia until mm -hmm. I was in college and, um, uh, you know, other things yeah. like that, like that, it, that didn't transfer onto me readily. Yes. Have a good re sexual relationship just because of the way that it was handled and being taught the duty frame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So all of that has kind of culminated in both of us kind of limping together for six years, six and a half years. And in the seventh year of our marriage, we're sitting here realizing and uncovering all these faulty core beliefs and thinking to ourselves, wow, like we're finally able to experience this blissful connection. And, you know, it's a wonderful and beautiful thing. And it's the coolest thing for me. I've been able to reach a point where we're in Hawaii visiting my in-laws. And in Hawaii, you're going to see lots of triggering things as, an, as a sex addict. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there in line for Matsumoto's Shave Ice or we're on the beach or whatever it is. And I'm seeing legs, curves, boobs, all these things. And it's the craziest thing because in hindsight, we're sitting there towards, I think the second to last day. And my wife's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm not struggling right now. I'm not feeling mm -hmm. this crazy overwhelming presence of oh my gosh there's boobs everywhere honey ah you know um <laughs> i'm i'm sitting here and i'm not picking up on that lust that i was picking up on all the time and you know circling back to the conversation about you know lust in regards to masturbation you know i'm starting to see how sex is like food i don't remember where i heard that but mm -hmm. it's like food and you know, there's going to times, it's, yeah. yeah, and there's going to be times where, I mean, here, here's another thing, kind of, you know, challenging perhaps my own question. Holly and I have had experiences now where, I mean, we've got three kids. We don't have all the time we used to have as newlyweds, and there's times where Holly's super hungry, and there's times where I'm super hungry, and 
I mean, there's times where I'm going to eat more, Holly's going to eat more, you know, and ha speaking metaphorically about sex, of course, and about, you know, so if, if we, if we replaced hungry with horny, exactly. that, that would work. <laughs> yes. Right. So, you know, I'm sitting here and if I'm super horny and my wife's like, I'm not really feeling it, I'm not really in the mood. Um, right. you know, I have an opportunity as an addict to turn back on my ways and consume myself secretly. Mm -hmm or to just be honest and frank with my wife and say, well, I'm super horny right now. And I can ask her vulnerably because I'm now in a situation as a married man where I can turn to her and say, I'm really desiring sexual release right now. Would you be comfortable helping me with this? Or would you be See, more okay with me, you know, stimulating myself, you mm -hmm. know? And that's, I don't know, that's a new thing. <laughs> I don't know exactly how I feel about that. Yeah, I think I think I think Brandon and I are going to disagree on this a little bit. But if we're using the uh, if we're using the analogy of eating, we also know that just because you're hungry doesn't mean you should always eat. And we also know that if you for good physical health, it's actually really healthy for the body to fast. And uh, and and so I think that there's 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 some element of being able to use it in the context of relationship. So if you go to your wife and say, Hey, that's how I'm feeling. And she's like, okay, I'm in like, that's great. There's still a relational component of that, that that allows it to be what I think it was intended for. If you're looking at it from a Christian place, which is why we've been commanded to use it with our partners. She may not be totally invested, but because you guys have a full relationship, she can lean herself in. Or if she doesn't, it's okay for me to not eat too for a minute. Like that's okay too. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't totally disagree with that. Um, but I, it's, it's interesting. Like we could do three, five more episodes on just what you just talked about, Corey, because, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, Finlayson Fife, when we interviewed her on betrayed addicted expert, she said, um, the biggest issue with the whole pornography addiction thing and is the, the secrecy and, and, and the, you know, the lack of transparency and authenticity. So if you're really wanting to have sex and you go to Holly and you say, I'm just feeling it. Like I'm my body, I'm horny. I just want to have sex. Um, that to me is a very healthy thing to do. And, yeah. and so first and foremost, you're being open and you're being authentic and you're being transparent. Now, Holly, all of your triggers might come up around sex. Like, okay, like I, I it's my duty or, Ugh, like pressure. Yeah. I don't want pressure. Yuck. I don't yeah. want that. And and so then your stuff comes into play of, wow, I appreciate Corey's Corey being honest. I, I like that. But I have my own boundaries and I have my own stuff. And so so like I'm gonna feel this out for me and how I feel and whether I want to engage or not want to engage. And no is is always an okay answer, right? And to Corey, no is always an okay answer, but it doesn't take away his horniness. It's still there. Sure. Right. And when you say no, Holly, it doesn't just switch off. So then what? Right. And, and I do think, I do think it's really healthy in a, in a, in a relationship for, and, and, and for your masculinity, Corey, is to be able to, to sit in that discomfort and be okay sitting through that discomfort. Like, I don't need to have sex. I don't need to get a release right now. I don't, she said no. So boom, I'm in the back room automatically. Like, that, that doesn't have to happen right then, right? Yeah, very much agreed. 
but if you did go masturbate like at least you're owning it with her like hey that like if if you're really not feeling it i might go masturbate in the bathroom you're being honest about it you're being open about it and you're maintaining trust in the relationship there right and that to me is far more important than the discussion on whether you should masturbate or not your your relationship will will stay intact and you'll be able to work through okay like what does that mean that you went and masturbated like how do i you know holly you'd be thinking how do i feel what how does this work for us in our marriage let's do that work as opposed to just nope it's black and white and this is how it is right you guys understand what i'm saying i do so i guess like what i'm curious to understand is are you just saying that like perhaps that's something for individual couples to kind of work out in their own dynamic um as opposed to that, maybe as opposed to like turning to an, an authority source like um, your church or you know wherever to kind of have somebody outside of your relationship kind of tell you what is or isn't appropriate that's what i believe yes i think i think where brandon's oh go ahead brandon i cut you off uh, that's what I believe because I think everybody's kind of like you guys are a great example. You come to the table with different sexual development and where you're at. And so for, for you, Holly, it might be good to explore and try to figure out how to overcome that shame so that, you know, if it's been seven years where pleasure hasn't really been there, then there needs to be some work going on there. So it could be really good for you to, to engage with that. Whereas somebody else, maybe not. Right. So, so that is what you just said is what I do believe is, and, and if you both as individuals can come to the table and say, hey, this is what I'm working through and this is who I am and this is where I'm at, then you're connected and you see each other and you support each other and you're honest with each other. That to me is, is the work of a healthy relationship. Yeah. And, I, and I would just add to that, that, uh, you know, Brandon was talking about one layer, which is I think the, the big massive layer here is in context of relationship, right? So that is something that you guys need to talk about in as a couple with your feelings, with your thoughts, with your worries, with your doubts. And then also as individuals where, you know, honestly, like I, from my perspective, if I'm in this spot where I'm horny and my wife doesn't want to have sex and I, I can't stand the thought of not getting a release, that doesn't sound that healthy to me to go masturbate, right? Like, that's like, I, for me personally, I'm going to feel like I'm moving myself back towards the slavery that I was trying to climb out of. And so yeah. that's, that's why I would say I, I'm okay. I'm okay being hungry if I need to be hungry because right. I would, because I'd rather have in the context of my relationship, I'd rather have safety and trust and honesty and the ability to have, you know, those discussions. And for my wife to know that I prefer, and I value my sexual experience to be with her, like, um, and, and I, she's okay to then be on her side of things and to go, okay, she's going to do her own side of the work. Yeah. And, and so uh, you, you bring up this really cool point that maybe I want to try and use, uh, as sort of a segue into a secondary question. And that's in regards to like teaching kids, right? So like, we've been talking a lot about married couples, right? But as a single person, you know, how do you handle your sexuality? And, I, I totally agree with you, Tyler and Brandon, when you guys talk about, you know, it's okay to not experience sexual release, you know, and some level of abstinence is appropriate. I mean, a lot of the things that Holly and I have learned that have helped us uncover a lot of the sexual healthiness in our marriage happened because of a 90 day sex fast. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's where a lot of this was all kickstarted. Right. But, um, 
you know, it's really cool because I, I do agree. I think that, you know, it's healthy for me as a husband to be honest and transparent with my wife if I'm going to go masturbate. I think it's even more so healthy or more mature or more sexually developed for me to be able to hold my own and say, it's okay for me to sit in this discomfort and maybe use that discomfort to ask myself some key questions of, okay, well, is there anything I can do to help my wife get in the mood? Can I enrich my connection with her through some... Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Can I enrich this connection with my wife through some, you know, romancing and things like that, you know, and maybe something will come of it. Um, and if it doesn't, that's okay too, because my worth as an individual is not just because I can get off sexually with my wife or not. Um, but transitioning away from, you know, married couples, um, or really just committed relationships when it comes to the broader audience, um, you know, what do I teach my children in a healthy, sexually developed way? You know, Tyler, you mentioned you have four daughters and, you know, having that conversation with them. I guess I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are when it comes to teaching children, teaching youth, teaching, you know, young single adults, all these different brackets of people about, is there such a thing as healthy masturbation? I mean, here's, here's an example. Um, let's say I'm a member of a religious structure that's pretty rigid about this. The member of, uh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I'm homosexual. And so my, I don't really fit the cookie cutter mold, right? Or maybe, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman who's, you know, 35, 36 years old and no one wants to marry me, you know? Uh, right. What about those situations? So I'm curious what your guys' professional brains have to say about this. <laughs> you guys are stretching us today. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, Corey, I just want to invite you back on right now because um, we're we're gonna run low on time, and you're busting open a can sure. that we could we could do uh, many episodes on. Um, but and and so like where to start? I, I think I'll, I I want to start with the kid question and just answer that because it, it actually pertains to our whole discussion that we've had today, which is I have four kids. And if my four kids are touching their genitals and feeling certain feelings and maybe, you know, when maybe they start um, fully masturbating and in, if they do, if they're kind of secretive about it or whatever, and then I, I have a sit down meeting and I say, Hey, masturbation's bad. Don't masturbate. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad, don't masturbate. But then they're like touching their self and they're experiencing sexual feelings. You can see the problem starting to develop here, right? What's the problem? Sex is equated with secrecy. <laughs> yeah. Shame. Yeah, so it's this thing that feels really, really good and is like the most exciting thing in life. I'm a 14-year-old boy who has an erection all the time, dad. Like, what? And I'm not supposed to have one? So, so but there's dad like, nope, like don't have an erection and... So, so like, I, I start to formulate those type of things. The, the, the much better way is to be sex positive, is to teach your kids how to accept themselves, accept who they are. And it's through that acceptance that you teach that you can then start to give them power to choose what they want in their life, to okay. manage those behaviors. When you just teach them self-rejection, it leads to what you were talking about earlier, Corey, of like, man, there's more danger to it. There's more sin to it. There's more, 
and I'm rejecting myself all along, but I'm getting off at the same time creates just, just shame storms. Right. And, and so, yeah, to, uh, you know, it's interesting. Like you'll see your kids touch themselves. Like you might get curious with them. Like, Oh, you just, you know, you're, you're playing with your penis. What's that like? How does that feel? feels pretty good. Doesn't it buddy? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's weird to have that type of conversation with your kid. It feels a little odd, right? Well, why, why does it feel odd though? I mean, I'm going to challenge that because I've been told that it's odd, right? Yes. Told, Excellent. That's, I'm just I'm, perpetuating the problem that I was, yes. if even, I'm going to have that attitude. Even yes. girls, because I feel like the, the, like for boys, it's more acceptable for them to touch themselves, but for girls, you know, for a variety of different reasons, oh, you could get a UTI or whatever. Yeah. Like, like I, I know so many women who were like me who don't know the correct names of their vulva. They don't, they don't know those things. I think everything down there has the same name. And I think it's even worse, like where it's bad for, for men and boys, it's even worse for women. Absolutely. Just in a different yep. And right. yet, yet girls masturbate like all the time and, and, and they go through sexual development like boys. What do you know? You know? And yet, yet there, it's more judged. It's more shameful. They shouldn't have those feelings. It shouldn't be there. Right. So they're really attacked. So as parents, it's our job to say, no, like, it's okay. You're safe. You're, you're, you are who you are. Mm -hmm. And, and once I create that safety with my kids, then we can have certain discussions about certain boundaries and things like that. So that's a quick answer to your question. Corey. I think, I think what that does is it opens up the doors of communication so that there's the ability to have influence with your children when you can normalize that what they're feeling and what they're doing is, is something that comes from curiosity because they are human beings. And, and I want to give, I want to, I want to give your church just a little credit. I mean, we're pretty hard on them sometimes, but if you look at the first strength of youth manual, like when they talk about sexual expression, they, the very first line in there says that sexual expression is ordained of God. So, so, you know, if we, if we were to approach that with our children that, yeah, like they are sexual beings and it is ordained of God. And, and I like with the way that I teach, try to teach my children, I try to be on their team with the fact that they are curious, that they are sexual beings and that there is a power there that has been outlined by God as to some appropriate ways to express it, not because they're bad or good, but because it's going to be enriching in their life if it's used properly. It also has the ability to be, you know, cause a lot of pain in their life if they, if they use it improperly. And so the only way that you can have that influence is if your kids trust you to know that you understand what they're going through. And that's what I, where I think Brandon's going with the sex positive thing is. Yeah, I, I just think using shame, hellfire and brimstone around sexuality, that, that needs to go in the past. That needs yeah. to go in the way we were raised and not the way our children are raised anymore. Right. Yeah. So, um, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, you guys, if you liked this episode, then please go over to Therapy Brothers and and subscribe to this podcast, um, the Real Talk Recovery Podcast. We would love to see you over there. And please, please share it and leave a review. So thanks, guys. We'll see you. Thanks.